Welcome to the Neuropathy Support Group and Podcast. I'm Chris, and I'm so glad you tuned in. It's my hope with this podcast to help all of us gather information that might help those that need support dealing with this debilitating issue. Hello, and welcome to this podcast. Before we get started, let's get the formalities out of the way with the medical and privacy disclaimer. I am not a doctor or medical professional. The information on this podcast is from personal experiences and is meant for group support. Additionally, the information discussed is not meant to diagnose, treat, or cure any underlying conditions associated with neuropathy. All names here within are private and will not be shared with any outside sources. Please consult your health care provider before making any health decisions. If you have medical concerns or an immediate emergency, Please contact your doctor or dial 911. Well, how's everyone doing? It's another Monday in our next episode. I hope everyone had a great weekend. You were able to get outside and move around, and hopefully you had time to spend with your family. Now, today's episode is some is an episode I've talked about before some time back, probably in my earlier podcast episodes. But I wanted to bring it up again because in one of my Facebook pages, there was a um, question that somebody had. And let me read that to you right now. I have had fibromyalgia for over 10 years and now have unexplained neuropathy. Are they related? So that's where this episode is going to go. We're going to delve into how do peripheral neuropathy and fibromyalgia differ? So the one thing that I was, that I always thought in my mind, when it came to fibromyalgia, it always seemed to be an issue that related to um, women. And come to find out, I guess that isn't true, but let's see where this goes. People often confuse peripheral neuropathy with fibromyalgia. And there are simple ways to explain the difference. First, let's start with peripheral neuropathy. Peripheral neuropathy is a collection of disorders in which peripheral nerves, fibers, which carry signals to and from the central nervous system, which is the brain and the spinal cord, become damaged. Diabetes is the most common cause. Typically, nerve fibers in the hands or feet are affected. Symptoms include pins and needles, numbness, tingling, and weakness. People with fibromyalgia may experience the same symptoms. However, these symptoms tend to come and go in fibromyalgia. In peripheral neuropathy, they are usually constant. Fibromyalgia can cause other symptoms that people with peripheral neuropathy do not experience, including pain in soft tissue areas such as muscle and joints. When a piece of the nerve, a which can be done by a biopsy, is taken from someone with peripheral neuropathy and tested, abnormalities in the nerve fibers can be seen. But in someone who has fibromyalgia, even if the person has numbness and tingling, typically nothing is found. Fibromyalgia is believed to result primarily from pain processing problems in the central nervous system. As far as we know, the peripheral nerves are not damaged in any way. People with fibromyalgia have many tender points on their body, often in the shoulders, neck, and low back. 
but when a piece of the nerve from these areas is tested, no abnormal uh, issues are typically found. People with fibromyalgia who have pain in their shoulders and backs often describe burning, tingling, and shooting pain in their arms and legs, which may sound like peripheral neuropathy. However, the results of nerve conduction tests in which a series of electrical impulses are given to a nerve are usually normal. There are some uh, other reports that I'm going to be talking about here, but I wanted you to hear this one here. Is fibromyalgia considered neuropic uh, pain? Since the 2011 revision of the IASP definition of neuropic pain, fibromyalgia has been excluded from the diagnosis of neuropic pain. More recent studies, however, found newer evidences, pathopsychology, including small fiber neuropathy in patients with fibromyalgia. So on the website of RoseVilleNeuropathyRelief.com, there's some more uh, information to give to you too. I may be overlapping from what I just talked about on that first website, but on this website, there's a little bit more information to give to you. Now, this is all new information to me also. That's why I kind of look for the latest information to give to you. So, pain from fibromyalgia and peripheral neuropathy can be caused by irritation on the central nervous system. Both conditions separately can be life-altering, but both of them together can produce a different type of pain and discomfort. Fibromyalgia may develop for a number of reasons, such as genetics, infections, or physical or emotional trauma. However, doctors and researchers are not 100% sure how it is caused. What is known, on the other hand, is that fibromyalgia produces muscle pain, sleep disturbances, mood changes, memory issues, anxiety, irritable bowel syndrome, and even depression. You know what? I, I have neuropathy, and all those things affect me. So, I, you know, I don't know about this report, but peripheral neuropathy is caused by damage to the peripheral nerves, which can cause weakness, numbness, tingling, burning sensations, and pain in various parts of the body, mainly the hands, arms, legs, and feet. This condition is typically a result of traumatic injuries, infections, metabolic problems, and even exposure to toxins. Even though they may be two different conditions, there is connection between fibromyalgia and peripheral neuropathy. Some of the symptoms for each condition are similar, but they originate differently. While fibromyalgia is vastly misunderstood as to its origination and development, neuropathy, on the other hand, may develop from a list of underlying issues. However, both conditions have a great impact on your central nervous system and may cause intolerable nerve pain in extreme cases. Both fibromyalgia and neuropathy can be treated in a similar way depending on the parts of the body that are affected. As chronic conditions, meaning pain and discomfort, are constant, the symptoms that contribute to the pain from either condition can be debilitating. There may even be moments when symptoms from fibromyalgia have affected you so much that nerve damage develops 
in some part of your body. This is when things get really painful. Unfortunately, there is a high chance that both conditions can be treated at the same time with the help of an appropriate strategy for treatment. It is commonly seen that people with fibromyalgia often suffer from peripheral neuropathy damage as well. However, it has also been seen that many patients with both conditions may also have symptoms of diabetes such as tiredness, loss of energy, soreness, and muscle aches. Peripheral neuropathy pain in the lower extremities may also be comparable to diabetes based on the tingling, sharp pains, and burning sensations that are associated with this type of neuropathy. Essentially, the painful, tender points of the body combined with mental fog or other cognitive issues can cause a high amount of debilitation in patients with fibromyalgia and peripheral neuropathy. According to the data collected by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, from 1988 to 2007, it has been estimated that 60 to 70 percent of diabetics are currently suffering or will suffer from peripheral neuropathy during their lifetime. I think those numbers are up a little bit more than that now. Aside from diabetes, peripheral neuropathy can also develop from HIV, chemotherapy, uh, charcot Marie tooth disease, and other idiopathic causes. Therefore, understanding the, the several types of symptoms associated with peripheral neuropathy and what is involved with the recovery can help you better prepare for the recovery process. Here's another uh, section of a question that I saw someone uh, ask on one of the Facebook pages. Chemotherapy induced peripheral neuropathy is peripheral neuropathy that is caused from the drugs and chemotherapy to treat cancer, which damages the peripheral nerves in the process. This condition is a very troubling side effect of chemotherapy, as the body is already sensitive to pain and it can cause the patient's further pain. The symptoms for CIPN all depend on the peripheral neuropathies that were damaged during chemotherapy treatment. Some of the other symptoms for chemo chemotherapy-induced peripheral neuropathy include tingling, numbness, vertigo, limited extreme usage, muscle weakness, sensitivity to cold and, and hot, blood pressure changes, and irregular urination pro, uh, patterns. Now I've talked about my issues that I have with my lumbar pain in my back. So let's talk about uh, sciatica and, number and lumbar pain. Sciatic and lumbar pain can happen as a result of many different conditions pertaining to the lower back. Typically, sciatic nerve occurs on one side of the lower body and oftentimes the pain is present from the lower back through the thigh and down the leg. The sciatic nerve reaches from the lower back all the way down to the toes, and depending on where the nerve is being pinched, a person's pain can be felt from the toes to the lower back. Still, pain affects everybody differently, so sciatic and lumbago pain can be excruciating, or it can be light and sporadic, yet the pain and conditions always have the potential of getting worse over time if not treated properly. 
and that's the issue I have like just sitting right here I can feel it being pinched so it's it, it's real difficult sometimes for me to walk and to sit down for long periods of time but let's go on here acute pain from sciatic and lumbago pain may happen initially but chronic conditions will eventually arise from lack of attention or improper treatment let's continue with the back this is called failed back surgery syndrome failed back surgery syndrome refers to a condition that patients suffer following spinal surgery for back or leg pain this condition arises just as the name suggests when surgery fails and the patient still suffers from the original pain to be clear this condition is is not to say that a problem arose during surgery or that surgery does not work all, at all. Instead, it is only referring to the continued pain that patients feel following surgery, the pain that was supposed to be alleviated from surgery. The chances of continued pain after surgery rise significantly when multiple surgeries are performed on the same area of the back. And, and that's pretty much why I won't have surgery on my spine because it, to me and this is only me these things don't ever work or don't make you 100% again so I just leave it the way it is and try to try to suffer as well as I can now believe it or not I had someone talk to me about this and it's called phantom limb syndrome phantom limb syndrome occurs when a person has a limb amputated, yet painful and non-painful sensations can still be felt in the or in the area where the limb used to be, a non-painful sensation will typically cause a person to feel as if the absent limb is experiencing movement, contact with an object, temperature change, or or itching. A painful sensation, however, may cause a person to feel sharp, tingling pain, as if pins and needles are being thrusted through the amputated area. Recent studies have found that 5 to 10% of people with amputated limbs will experience phantom limb syndrome at one point following the amputation. Phantom limb syndrome happens when the severed nerve endings are irritated at the amputated area. Post-surgical neuropathic pain Post-surgical neuropathic pain is defined as nerve pain after surgery, which develops from inflammation of the nerves and causes the patient to experience numbness, weakness, and sharp, unsettling pain in the area where surgery happened. Some studies have indicated that neuropathy may be caused by the immune system attacking the nerves and can be treated through standard peripheral neuropathy treatments. Post-surgical neuropathic pain is a result of a lesion or a type of dysfunction of the peripheral nervous symptom. Typically, 2-3% of surgical patients experience post-surgical neuropathic pain. Having a surgical procedure done always runs a risk of creating nerve damage, and patients with vitamin deficiency or have a history of nerve pain may have a higher chance of post-surgical neuropathic pain and the treatment may take longer to take effect. In some cases of nerve damage, the symptoms will reduce 
and pain over time. In more severe cases, nerve damage may become chronic if not treated properly. So finally, we come to lower back pain. Lower back pain affects an average of 17.4 million adults per year in the United States. And it affects athletes of all sports at one point or another. Of those 17.4 million adults with lower back pain, 5.7 million will experience pain the following year. And 3.5 million will experience a substantial decrease in mobility. Well, I hope I gave you enough information for those looking for these different subjects that I talked about today. Again, they will be posted on my Facebook page. So if you guys want references, they'll be right there. So as we finish today, I just want to let you know that I'm so grateful for your listening and being here with me on this podcast. I'm still working on my doctor coming on here to uh, talk about some of the situations he, he knows of and what his practice is. But again, please enjoy your time on the weekends. Go out, get some sun, read a book, and also spend time with your family. And finally, I hope you're here next Monday for a new episode, and I will see you then. Thank you. As we come to a close, it's my hope this podcast and other sources, such as product reviews that I have discussed today, can better our lives and give us some relief dealing with neuropathy. This episode plus others are posted every Monday on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And finally, whatever life throws at you, even if it hurts you, just be strong and fight through it. Remember, strong walls shake, but never collapse. Talk to you next Monday.